Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. You are joining me for episode 84 today, and I am your host, Derek Azoe. You are joining us for another State of Decay 2 episode. And today's episode is one that is going to be a little bit on the shorter side. Um, the last four episodes of the podcast have all been an hour plus, uh, most of them close to an hour and a half. And it's also going to be a solo episode, actually. Uh, the last solo episode I did was six episodes ago, so... I felt it was uh, nice to just get, you know, a bit of a shorter episode this time, because we have had a lot of long ones um, lately, so I wanted to, you know, pair it up with a short one, plus I know that next week's episode is actually going to be fairly long, which that brings me to our news. Um, next week's episode is going to be the release of the Patreon bonus episode. I said it would be exclusive to Patreon members for two weeks. They have had this episode for two weeks, so next Saturday you are going to hear the first ever Patreon bonus episode, and that was my top 10 favorite games all time. So that was a really fun episode for me to record. That was a solo podcast I did, but it was really fun for me to record, and it runs for over an hour. Uh, I forget the official runtime, but I think it's it's anywhere between an hour and an hour and a half, somewhere in that range. So I think it was like an hour and 15, something like that, but it's a really fun episode. I really enjoyed recording that, and hopefully you all enjoyed that. And Basically, if you become a Patreon member, you get episodes like that, and you will get access to those, because this is going to be, um, as of right now, it's the only time I plan to release one of the bonus episodes on the main feed. So next week, people that haven't heard that, that aren't patrons, you will get that episode in your feed, and that will go directly to you. People that are patrons, um, basically, it'll be a week off, so I, I do apologize for that if anyone is upset about that, but... Patrons have already heard this episode, so basically for patrons, I'm taking uh, the week off because uh, I wanted to take a short little break, but for non-patrons, there will be uh, an episode still next week because I am on vacation next week, so I wanted to uh, have a little bit of a break and not have to record a new episode that week, so I'm using an episode that I already recorded, basically. And furthermore, my streaming schedule next week is going to be... um. A lot different, I would say, because I am on vacation, so I'm actually going to uh, stream more hours overall, but they will be different hours. Uh, so I haven't figured out my full schedule yet. The only day I know for sure is that the next stream I'm doing, which is going to be the day after you hear this, so uh, Sunday 6-9, I'm going to stream from 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to do a six-hour stream at night, and honestly, if I'm feeling up for it, I might go past 12 a.m., but... I'm saying 12 a.m. to be safe, just because uh, I don't know how you know worn down I'm going to feel. But basically, the reason why I'm doing it that time is because I work Saturday night, and since I'm starting vacation, I want to rest in the morning, uh, rest up, and get ready. And then E3 starts on Sunday, obviously, so I want to catch the conferences that are going to be happening before uh, my stream. So I definitely want to catch the Microsoft one. That's the one I'm most interested in. And that one runs at 4. I believe it's going to be done by 6. So basically right after the Microsoft conference, that's when I'll be getting on to stream. So that's kind of why for uh, the change in that one. The rest of the schedule is uh, still to be determined. So just stay tuned to my Discord for that. By the time you hear this, I will probably have the schedule already made. But I'm recording this on a Thursday. So I will know by the time you hear this what the schedule is going to be. But I just don't know at this time of recording on Thursday. So the schedule will be up in the Discord. So just stay tuned for that. Uh, I will definitely take some days off next week, but I will. I might stream uh, four days. And also, if we do pass 500 followers on Mixer, 
I would really appreciate people helping us out with that. Uh, Mixer.com slash Blake's Experience. We're eight followers away from hitting 500. So please, please, if you haven't dropped the follow yet, go drop us a follow and get us over 500. Because if we get over 500, I'm going to add four hours to my weekly schedule every week. So every week I'll be doing 16 hours of streaming instead of 12. On top of that, I'm going to do a 12-hour bonus stream, which I would probably do at the end of next weekend. Uh, I would probably do it Saturday the 15th, I think. But uh, I have to check my schedule for all that still. But that's what I'm thinking if we do pass 500. And on top of that, during that 12-hour bonus stream, as a thank you to everyone, I'm going to be doing three giveaways. I will be doing a Daybreak DLC giveaway for State of Decay 2. I'll be doing a Year 1 Survival Edition giveaway for uh, the Year 1 Survival Edition. So that includes the first game and all of the DLC for the first game. And the third giveaway I'm going to do is going to be a $10 gift card for either Steam, uh, Xbox, or PS4, depending on which um, platform you play on, you will get a $10 card. So those are the three giveaways I'm going to do. So uh, once we get over 500, I'll plan that stream, and we'll do those giveaways on stream. So that's going to be a really fun stream, and I can't wait for it, but we have to pass 500 first. So if you haven't followed yet, uh, I definitely appreciate you jumping on Mixer, you know, just uh, make an account real quick, hit me with a follow, that we can get over 500. So I definitely appreciate that to anyone listening. But that being said, I didn't exactly mention what today's episode's going to be. So today we're going to talk about the 100-day challenge in State of Decay 2. Now, this is something that um, right after the game launched, it was something that was uh, done by a lot of people. It was kind of, you know, considered a challenge to uh, grind through 100 days of State of Decay and, you know, see if you can make it through 100 days and get through that. And back then, we only had standard mode. So back then in standard mode, it wasn't as difficult, really. I mean, a lot of people could do it. And, you know, you just had to have patience, you know, kind of wait it out and go through it. But now we have Nightmare. And in Nightmare, this is a lot more difficult. And there is actually an achievement that you have to get to 100 days in Nightmare. And this is something that people listening now, if you haven't already got that achievement, you're going to have to do this. Because when the achievement first came out, it was actually set up to where if you had a community that had already started, like in standard mode, say, you know, oh, I got my community to day 90 in standard mode. If you switched over to Nightmare and you did the last 10 days in Nightmare, then that would count towards popping the achievement. Which, that's how I pop my achievement, and that's how a lot of people pop theirs. But now, the achievement's actually fixed, so you have to finish all 100 days in Nightmare. And... That's something I switched to main community. I made a new main community, and we're starting to work towards getting to day 100 of Nightmare. So uh, we're starting that now, and we're working towards it. And I have a couple characters uh, that I do uh, like that are in that community. And this is honestly a podcast that I've had on the back burner for a while. It's one, I have like a list of topics I have never covered yet. There are still some topics I've never covered about the game that I do want to cover at some point. This was one of them I did want to cover at some point, and it felt like the right time, um, you know, right before E3, right at, somewhat right after the uh, new update with the Choose Your Own Apocalypse, now that we have Nightmare, I felt it was good to revisit this sort of challenge in the context of Nightmare, because a lot of people did this in Standard, but I don't think a ton of people have done it in Nightmare. There's definitely ha- some people that out there that have, for sure, but I don't think a ton of people have done it in Nightmare mode. So I do have a couple points that I'm going to go over that would help you get to this 100 days in Nightmare. And granted, I will say up front that 
I haven't officially done it um, legitimately yet, but I know I could do it. I just would have to focus and I would have to, you know, follow what I'm about to say and get it done. I know I could do it. I just haven't done it officially yet only because I haven't had time to do it. So if I have more time in my hands, then I could definitely knock this out easily. But I just haven't had the time in my hands. Plus, when I'm streaming lately, I'm trying to create uh, fun content more than I am really focused on achieving things too much. I mean, I'm just, you know, going willy-nilly like, oh, there's some hostiles over there. We don't have anything on us. Screw it. Let's just go attack them anyway. So that's kind of the attitude I've had on stream lately, just to have some fun because I felt like it gives uh, viewers more fun and more entertainment. So lately, I've been going for just more entertainment value for the stream and for viewers than actually uh, trying to play safe. So if I was playing a lot safer, I could definitely do this a lot easier. And that's what I would recommend for you. So don't go out all willy nilly, you know, don't um, just go gung ho. Actually play it a little safer and then you can get this done um, within reason. But one of the tips that I have is to make sure you have proper planning. And this is key because in Nightmare, everything is ramped up. You know, the ferals are dip more difficult with three feral packs. You have the streamer packs. You have uh, bloater pods. You have Blood Plague Juggernaut. The Blood Plague is more deadly. Everything is just ramped up. The hordes are bigger. You have armored zombies in there. In those hordes. Like, everything you see is going to be more intensified. So, proper planning is one of the best tips I can give. Because if you don't plan right, you could die. And I've even run into this myself. Like I said, lately in the streams I've been doing, I just am going for entertainment value. And... I've been ignoring this rule. I'll be the first one to admit it. I have been ignoring my own rule here, and I have not done proper planning lately. If I plan properly, then, you know, some of the deaths I've had on stream lately, they would absolutely never have happened. But because I haven't had proper planning, I have had a couple deaths. So it just is what it is. You know, it happens. I mean, but if you have proper planning, you're going to avoid a lot of that. Because if you plan for a situation you're going to be in, okay, you know, I'm going to go take out these hostels. So if I'm going to go take out these hostels, what am I going to do about that? Well, I want to have some, you know, maybe Molotovs on me to kind of throw out just in case I need to. Or I want to, you know, have my car parked in a certain way, which we'll get to that tip in a second. Or I want to, you know, separate them. So we can kind of get into that since I'm mentioning it now. But basically, if you are going to take out hostels, what you want to do is try to draw them into one-on-one -on -one combat and don't get surrounded by them. If you get surrounded by them, that's almost a recipe for disaster in every case. Especially in Nightmare, because the hostiles are more deadly in Nightmare, so that's a recipe for disaster. So what you want to try and do is try to single them out a little bit. Try to, if one is coming at you, try to draw them away from the group a little bit, and try to take them out one-on-one. -on -one. That is uh, kind of the best way to do it, is divide and conquer like that. Another thing is, it does help to have a follower with you, as kind of a distraction. Um, I would probably suggest taking a follower that you don't care as uh, much about, just in case they do die. Because there is a chance they could die. But I would take a follower from your base with you. Or better yet, take a follower from one of the enclaves and just pay 100 influence for it. Because if you take one from one of your enclaves that are your friendly or uh, allied enclaves, then you don't really get the death count on there. And plus you still get a follower as kind of a decoy. So it does help because the hostiles do go for the decoy um, at some point instead of you. And then you can kind of, you know, go around back of them and take them out that way too. And the other thing, which I briefly mentioned, is make sure you park your car in a way that gives you a barrier between them. When you pull up with your car, don't just park it horizontal. 
you want to actually park it perpendicular with where the hostels are. So basically you pull up, you kind of pull your car to the side a little bit, and you make it so when you get out of the driver's seat that there's basically the car is protecting you from any shots. Because, for example, I didn't follow this rule the other day, and that was a mistake on my part because I had my car parked horizontally. I got out of the car. I instantly got headshot. I was down on the ground. So I literally opened the car door. I had no time to move at all. Instantly headshot. I'm down on the ground. They shot a bloater grenade at me, and then I'm dead. So I had literally no chance to survive that. And that was all because of poor planning on my part. I did not plan properly, and I did not follow this rule. And that's what happens when you don't follow some of these rules. I mean, you know, I'll be the first to admit, like, as much as I'm saying these are things that you should be doing, I don't always do them myself because, let's face it, you know, none of us are perfect at this, and we all make mistakes in the game. You know, we all have those days like, eh, whatever, I, I can handle it. You know, it's all good. So... You know, don't do what I did and actually try to follow this if you want to survive. Because if you don't, then you could have a situation like I had where it's a freak situation. Yes. I mean, you know, most times you're not going to pull up, get headshot right away and then get a bloater great gas grenade right after that. And you're instantly dead. Most times you're not going to have that. But I had that occur to me and that was completely my fault. You know, no fault of the game at all. That was completely my fault because if I would have parked my car perpendicular, I could have survived that. If I would have planned a little better, I could have survived that. So I didn't plan properly. I didn't park my car the way I knew I should. And that's what happens when you just, you know, have a lapse of judgment like that. So those mental lapses in Nightmare can really cost you. You know, whereas in Standard, they didn't really cost you that much. It's like, oh, well, whatever. I can just make it through it still. But those mental lapses in Nightmare, they really cost you. And that's why the 100-day challenge in Nightmare is definitely a lot more difficult. So proper planning and taking out the castles one-on-one and not get surrounded by them. And then also make sure you park your car perpendicular. Another tip, though, and this one um, was brought to my attention by Fall Down Go Boom, actually, is to use your outpost wisely. And he actually had a formula for what outposts he would have. He was saying he would have three food outposts, uh one ammo and etc and he was kind of spelling it out exactly what he would have to me um i don't think it matters as much which exact outposts you have as long as your base is sustainable which that kind of brings me to another tip i'll have here so basically these kind of tips go uh hand in hand using your outposts wisely and having a proper base set up or making a sustainable base so having your base sustainable is very key in nightmare because then you don't have to worry about any of that, and you can just play the game and enjoy it without having to lose food, lose meds, lose ammo, things like that. So part of making your base sustainable is the first things you should be upgrading when you get your base is you want to get to Infirmary 2 really fast, and you want to upgrade your command center quickly. Those are the first two things, because your command center is going to allow you to have more outposts, and Infirmary 2 is going to let you have the passive healing for your characters. Those are the first things you should focus on no matter what. You know, your workshop is nice. You know, uh, having a garden or a hydroponics, that's nice too. But the first things you want to focus on are Infirmary 2 and Command Center 3. Which Command Center 3 is going to take a little longer. So I would probably do Infirmary 2, Command Center 2. Then work on, you know, maybe a little bit of your uh, food situation. Maybe a workshop in there. And then go to Command Center 3. But you want to get to Command Center 3 fairly quickly. Which, again, if you don't have anyone that has computers, you can't do that right away. But at least get to Command Center 2 so you get an extra outpost in there. 
plus at Command Center 2, then you can put your network signal booster on there and get an extra two outposts. So basically, just by getting Command Center 2, you can actually get three extra outposts. So getting Command Center 2 is very important. And using your outpost wisely, that kind of brings us back to that uh, tip here, because using your outpost wisely, that means not only uh, making your base sustainable, because say you have a base, um, say you're at the Knight's Family Drive-In, that notoriously has no beds built in there. So you're probably going to have to have at least one bed's outpost to kind of make your bed situation uh, copacetic. Or you might have to have, you know, more food because um, your food situation in your base isn't that great. Whatever your situation is in your base, you have to supplement that with your outposts. And that's kind of what your outposts are for. They're to supplement your base and make your base sustainable. But beyond that, they're also there to kind of give you rally points around the map. So there's a couple of different uh, schools of thought with this. You know, one school of thought is that you spread them out around the map. That way, no matter where you are on the map, there's always an outpost fairly close by. That is one school of thought. And um, that is one that in standard, I used in standard a lot more. But in nightmare, um, it can still work. But the other school of thought, and this is something that um, Fall Down Go Boom subscribes to more, is to have a lot more outposts close to your base. That way, it actually keeps your base safer because it has the safe zone go out longer uh, beyond your base. So basically, you're not going to get any random, as many random hordes walking into your base. So essentially, having like a ring of outposts, you know, sort of around your base, that's going to have a lot more safe zones around your base, and that's going to protect your base a little bit more because there's going to be less wandering zombies in there. So that's one school of thought. The other school of thought, like I said, is to have them spread out so you have kind of outposts no matter where you go. So uh, both of those are definitely valid, in my opinion. You can make it work with both of those. It's just a matter of preference. It's a matter of your style. You could have, you know, the fall downs type of style where he wants to protect his base a little more by keeping his outpost close knit. Or you could have the style I used to use in standard and have them spread out. Um, in Nightmare, I think I just kind of do a little bit of both. I sometimes have some close to my base as kind of like uh, the fall down was thinking there where you keep your base a little bit safer, but I also like to have some around the map just so I have a rally point in case I need to use it. But then again, I mean, a rally point could be anywhere, really. All you have to do is destroy an outpost and then make an outpost anywhere you are. So you really can have a rally point anywhere. It's just, say you're getting chased or something. I mean, it's nice to have a rally point already made and ready. That way you can just go to your locker real quick, grab some stuff out of there, and take care of the zombies that are chasing you. So it gives you a better thought uh, to kind of regroup at because if you try to claim an outpost when there's a bunch of guys chasing you, well, you have to kill them first. So if you have one that's already claimed, at least that helps you a little bit more because you can get some stuff you need. You know, maybe you have a uh, destroyed vehicle. You can quickly grab a toolkit out of your locker, you know, run back to the vehicle, repair it and get out of there before the zombies kill you. So you have situations like that possibly. But proper base setup is definitely key. And it's something that you should really focus on for sure. So remember to get that infirmary two and that command center two as quickly as possible. Another thing, too, is early in the game, you want to scavenge for rucksacks early, especially materials, because in nightmare mode, everything costs a lot more to build than it used to. So you're going to need a ton of materials. And even just to get to Infirmary 2 and Command Center 2, you're going to need a lot of materials for that. So you want to scavenge and scavenge and scavenge for materials, rucksacks, especially, but also, you know, food, meds, everything, because you want to have everything stocked up in your base. So 
you want to really scavenge for rucksacks early and try to get your base sustainable. Which another one too is while you're scavenging, you want to stockpile any supplies you can. So even if you don't think you're going to need it, you know, say, oh, it's jar- jugs of ethanol or, oh, it's, you know, boxes of seeds. I don't really need those that much. Well, I would say grab everything and everything you can. If you can carry it, grab it. Take it back to your base because you're going to need all that stuff at some point. And even if you don't think you will, yes, there's a chance you may never eat it. That is correct. You, there is a, a chance that you may never need something you grab, but it's always good to have that reserve ready because if you get in a really bad situation, you might go through a lot of ammo or, you know, say, um, say you like using five, five, six guns a lot. Well, maybe you get in a really bad situation and you go through all your five, five, six ammo. Well, if you have other stockpiles of weapons or other stockpiles of ammo, you can switch a different gun. You can just use a different gun now. But if you only carried a lot of 5.56 stuff and you never focus on scavenging for other stuff, you're not going to have that as much. But that is probably a a little bit worse example because I think a lot of people do uh, collect any kind of ammo they can get. But maybe a better example is like the boxes of seeds and stuff. You know, you might think, well, I don't really need these. I already have my base the way I want. Well, that might be true, but maybe you want to tear down your base and maybe you need more boxes of seeds later on. Or maybe you want to... Uh, make rucksacks of food, for example, because you can actually make rucksacks of food now and you need the box of seats for that. So there's different things where you might need stuff and you don't want really to think about it. Or the jugs of ethanol, if you're a trader later, you might want to use the jugs of ethanol to make whiskey and use those to trade with. So there's always situations that you might need something you didn't think you would. So always keep all that stuff, you know, straps of circuitry, jugs of ethanol, no matter what, just keep it all, even the plague um, samples. You might think you have enough plague samples, and hey, maybe you do, but you never know what you're going to come into. I mean, you can always make a bulk plague here, trade that for a lot of influence, or you can make a ton of vials of plague here. You can have all those sitting ready. Uh, that way you can use them on your fibers. So whatever situation you're going to be in, it's always good to have extra stuff in reserve. That's why I would suggest stockpiling any kind of supplies you can, no matter what they are. Another tip is to get comfortable with the surroundings of your map you are on. All the maps are different in their own way. You know, Drucker, Meager, and Cascade, they're all different in their own way. And it's good to get comfortable with the map that you're on. So uh, I wouldn't suggest jumping right into Nightmare and trying this 100-day challenge right off with no knowledge of the game. Because you want to get comfortable with the map you're on a little bit. You know, say you've only ever played on uh, Drucker and Meager, and you never tried Cascade at all. Well, it's probably not smart to jump right into Cascade and try this because you don't really know the map as well. You want to at least have a working understanding of the map you're on and a working understanding of the locations there because if you get in a jam, you want to have a working understanding, okay, you know, I could go here, I could go here maybe, I could do this, I could do that. So it's always good to have a working understanding of the map you're on. And like Drucker, for example, I was on Drucker so much before the uh, map selection came in because I would randomly load into a map and it would basically always be Drucker for me. So I got so used to Drucker early on that I pretty much know the roads of Drucker by heart now. I wouldn't say I know it, you know, 100% by heart, but I pretty much do. But I can't say that about Cascade and Meager. I mean, Cascade and Meager, I didn't get as much experience with early on in my playing in the game, so I don't know the roads of Cascade and Meager by heart. Luckily with Meager, you don't really need to know the roads. You can just drive anywhere you want and not really worry about it. But Cascade, for example, Cascade is a map that 
I do have to look at the map a lot more because I'm not um, as 100% familiar-wise with the roads there. I have a working understanding, of course. You know, I've played on Cascade enough to know generally where each road leads. But, you know, you get tired, you get forgetful sometimes, and you go, oh, wait, wh which way to go again? Oh, wait, where does this road go? Okay, yeah. So you kind of forget a little bit. So I would try to get a working understanding of each map you're on. That way you have a better chance of surviving that map. Then another tip I have is find bombs or make bombs. They're going to save your life. And that is 100% true in Nightmare. You want to have any kind of bombs you can get. Whether it's napalm, fuel bombs, molotovs, frag grenades, pipe bombs, C4, minefields. Literally any kind of explosives you can have, you want explosives in this game. So... No matter what you have to do, you know, find them, um, make them, you know, get characters that have, you know, the munitions experience where they can make high-end explosives. Whatever you have to do, make sure you set yourself up. That way you're going to have the bombs you need to take on situations because they help take out play cards really fast, for example. And beyond taking out play cards fast, they also help with hordes too because you can just throw out a Molotov, you know, burn up a bunch of zombies that are coming after you. Or if you have some ferals, you can throw out, you know, a higher-end bomb, set them on fire, try to kill them. Uh, you can use pipe bombs against, you know, tougher enemies. You can use a pipe bomb on a armored zombie, for example, blow its legs off, make it really easy to kill. Like, I've done that before on armored hordes. I've thrown one pipe bomb at an armored horde. It basically blows the legs off all of them, pretty much. And then you just go around, you know, taking out the crawlers. So there's a bunch of crawling zombies, so you just literally go around stabbing them. So you have situations like that where... If you have the bombs you need and you have the stockpile ready, then it definitely helps out a lot. Um, currently, in my main community, I don't have a lot of bombs right now because um, I did just switch my main community over and I haven't stockpiled a ton yet. So that is something I'm working towards is getting more bombs. Which goes without saying, too, uh, get as many parts as you can because parts equal making more things like bombs. So as many parts as you can get, that'll help you get more bombs in the future. And then I have sort of my last tip here, which uh, I came across with talking to Falldown as well. He uh, suggested putting a suppressor on everything and making sure everyone has a suppressor. And another way to do that, too, is to use crossbows. So basically this tip is keep quiet using suppressors or crossbows. So in Nightmare, every noise you make is going to draw more zombies to you and make your situation more dire. So it is definitely very advantageous to have... Uh, crossbows or suppressed weapons at all times. A suppressed weapon is going to make sure you have less noise. A crossbow is going to make no noise at all. So, And then a crossbow, you actually can get some of your ammo back and they don't jam or break. So that's a really nice benefit to crossbow too. So crossbows are really key in Nightmare and I do enjoy using them in Nightmare. I usually use the repeater a lot. Uh, if I don't use the repeater, I usually use the sniper crossbow. Because the sniper one, you can at least uh, take out stuff from long distance a little bit more. And that is kind of nice to do, too. But if you're not going to use a crossbow, I would definitely suggest using a suppressed weapon. So that does mean that shotguns in Nightmare are uh, not really <laughs> the best item to use, unfortunately. Because I did like shotguns a lot in Standard, where it was just fun to you know, go around blasting things. But that's not exactly the smartest way to do things in Nightmare. So I would definitely caution against that. But otherwise, you know, any weapon besides the shotgun, you can usually put a suppressor on most weapons. Um, I think some of the revolvers you can't either, but 
most weapons you can put a suppressor on, so if it's a weapon that can have a suppressor, toss one on there. And you're going to be a lot safer, a lot better off for it. So, again, I said this is going to be a short episode. I mean, some of this, or honestly, a lot of this is probably going to be common sense to a lot of veteran players out there. But there's always going to be someone out there that has never really tried this on Nightmare, or they've never even tried the 100-day challenge at all. And one of the things I will say about the 100-day challenge is, as you go up in days, the game is going to get harder for you. You know, it might not seem that much harder, but you get more uh, zombies for the days you get, and you get more uh, enclaves coming in, and basically everything gets a little bit ramped up. So, you know, at day one, you're not going to be as challenged as you are day 100, because the game realizes that at day 100, well, okay, this player, you know, has put some time into this, they're actually an established community, you know, they should have a little bit more to defend themselves. Day one, you're not going to have as much to defend yourself, which, granted, you know, day one in Nightmare, you still get attacked pretty hard. I mean, I've had situations day one in Nightmare where, you know, I get attacked by armored hordes like Radoff or Feral Packs Radoff, so you have situations like that where you really have no chance, and the game just kind of throws you right in there, you know, first chance you get, so... Those situations can happen too, but it will get harder as you go throughout Nightmare and you go throughout that 100-day challenge. So definitely uh, prepare yourself for that because uh, if you're a veteran player, you can probably handle it. You know, um, a lot of veteran players out there, they're ex very experienced with the game now that they could handle this, you know, whether it's in Nightmare, whether it's in Standard, whether it's in Dread Mode, but... Anyone that's a little bit newer at the game, I definitely wouldn't suggest you do the 100-day challenge in Nightmare right off the bat. I would probably suggest taking, if you're brand new at the game, take on the 100-day challenge in Standard first. You know, get your feet wet with the game, test out the game, and learn everything there is to know about it. And then after you do it in Standard, then go into Nightmare and try it. Because I know for me personally, if I was just brand new at this game... I would not want to go right into Nightmare and try this. I mean, you would die so fast, usually. I mean, unless you're, you know, unless you pick things up super, super fast, you're probably not going to make it. So definitely don't go cold turkey into this. And honestly, if um, you're someone that doesn't think you could do the 100-day challenge in Nightmare, that's fine. You know, I mean, not everyone can handle that. So, you know, maybe if you can't do it in Nightmare... Try it in Dread. See if you can do it in Dread. And, you know, see if you can challenge yourself in Dread. And that's why we have the three different modes because there's three different, you know, levels of playstyle where Standard's kind of, you know, a little bit more relaxed. Dread ramps it up a little bit and then Nightmare ramps it up a lot. So whatever playstyle is right for you, uh, I would suggest taking on this challenge if you've never tried it before because uh, in some cases it's not that hard to do, but in some cases it is hard to do because... You really have to be focused and dedicated to sustaining that grind and working on your community and making sure they stay alive long enough to actually make it through this. And hopefully the tips I gave will uh, help some people that do need tips. If you're an experienced player, then um, probably a lot of this episode went on deaf ears, and I do apologize for that. But I try to provide uh, content for both experienced players and newer players, so... Some episodes are obviously geared towards experienced players more. Some are geared towards newer players more. This is one that is geared uh, a little bit, skewed a little bit more towards newer players. 
But I definitely hope that everyone enjoyed this, and I hope that uh, if you haven't tried the 100 Day Challenge before, you try it out, because that's currently what I'm going for in my main community's playthrough. Um, you know, I'm just having some fun with it, and I think we're on day, like, seven or eight right now. You know, we're not too far in there, but we're just having some fun with it and just enjoying it. But that being said, um, that's all I have for you today. But just to recap our news from the start, our next podcast is going to be the release of the Patreon bonus episode, which was my top 10 favorite games of all time. So it's a really fun episode. It's about uh, an hour and 15 minutes long, I think. But it's a really fun episode, and I really enjoyed recording that and talking about some of my favorite games from the past. And there's a really big blast from the past, you know, feeling for me on that. And I really did enjoy it. And the next stream at Mixer.com slash Blaze Experience. That's B-L-A-I-S-E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. That is going to be Sunday 6-9, so the day after you hear this, from 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern Time. And we're going to play some State of K2. And I will remind everyone that the rest of my schedule is going to be uh, potentially changed as well because I am on vacation next week. So uh, because of that, I am changing my schedule around a little bit. Technically speaking, we're going to have more hours streamed than usual. Just the times are going to be um, off for next week. So um, I don't know at the time of this recording. I don't know the rest of my schedule for the week yet. But by the time you're hearing this on Saturday, I will know my schedule. So. Uh, just tune into my Discord and find the info on that there. And I do want to remind everyone, too, that we are only 8 followers away from 500 followers on Mixer, so I definitely appreciate any support getting there, because once we get there, we're going to have an extra 4 hours uh, per week we're going to stream. Then on top of that, we're going to do a 12-hour bonus stream where we have 3 giveaways. We're going to give away a code for the Daybreak DLC. We're going to give away a code for the Year 1 Survival Edition and State of Decay. And then also we're going to give a $10 gift card away to either uh, Steam, PS4, or Xbox, depending on what uh, platform you prefer. So the winner will get to choose uh, which platform they prefer, and I'll give them a $10 gift card to that platform. So definitely um, you know, help me get to 500 and we will uh, hopefully have that stream next week. If we don't get to 500 this next week, then uh, I would have to schedule that stream at a later time, but we'll see when we get to 500. But if you haven't followed already, or if you have any friends that might want to follow, then uh, definitely send them my way. I'd really appreciate it. And we're only eight away, so hopefully we can hit eight um, by the end of this week. But that being said, if you do enjoy my streaming content or you might enjoy my content on the podcast, I do have a Patreon. And this is basically a way to support content creators for the content they're making. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a Patreon member and get exclusive rewards. And basically, if you become a Patreon member, you actually get rewards like uh, a special Discord role in the Discord. You get a special Discord chat for patrons only, where patrons can chat with me and we kind of go over things. And I am a little bit more upfront with them about the content um, I might have in the future. Or you get a little bit more of an inside track to uh, the content I'm making. And you get to make choices. You know, you can actually tell me a game that you want me to cover. and you can basically uh, force your hand on that, where I just basically cover whatever game you want. So it depends on the level you pick, but there's four different levels. There's a $1, a $5, a $10, and a $15 level. Um, you can get top priority to play with me on stream. So there's a lot of cool rewards in there. So I definitely appreciate you checking that out. Um, even if you can't 
afford to become a Patreon member. I definitely understand that, but I'd at least appreciate you clicking on the link and checking it out. That way, if you're ever uh, interested in the future, then you can do so. And the link for that is going to be patreon.com slash blaze experience. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash b-l-a-i-s-e-x-p-e-r-i-e-n-c-e. So that's patreon.com slash experience. If you want to contact me, you can contact me via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can contact me via Twitter or by Xbox Gamer Tag, which is going to be at Blaze Experience for both of those. That's capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. I'm also on Discord, of course. That will be in the show notes. So just click on that link in the show notes and you can find that there. And I'm also on YouTube and Facebook as well. Although I don't use those as often, YouTube is basically just used to repost the episodes right now. So that's the only thing you're really going to find on YouTube. So um, I'm a little bit faster responding to people on Twitter um, or Discord. And then probably Xbox uh, messages would be a third. So I would say uh, Discord and Twitter messages are the best way to get a hold of me fast if you want to get a hold of me. And then email and Xbox messages would be um, the next best way to get a hold of me probably. I appreciate anyone getting a hold of me, you know, however that works for you. I mean, I have all those ways available. So whatever platform you prefer, then I'll be there and uh, I will get back. And if you're not already listening on one of these other ways, because you're obviously listening to the podcast right now, but there's other ways to listen to the podcast too that you might not have known about. So we are on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Podcasts, Podbean, Blueberry, Radio Public, iTunes, and many other directories. So Basically, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, if you just type in the Blaze Experience and you search for us, we should be there. Um, the only one we're not on is iHeartRadio, so hopefully uh, in the future I can get us on there, but um, I just had some issues with getting on iHeartRadio, so hopefully in the future we're on there as well, though. But I definitely appreciate everyone listening, and I really appreciate all of you being a part of this community with me and you know providing a platform for me to express myself and create the content i want to make so it really means a lot and you know we're closing in uh ever so slowly on 100 episodes so i'm not sure what we're going to do at the big episode 100 yet but uh i will have something ready when we get there and that's going to be a really nice celebration when it happens so but until then thank you everyone i really appreciate it and i will see you on stream sunday 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, playing State of Decay 2, if you wish to join me in there. So, thank you very much, and thank you for listening to The Blaze Experience.